All right. So for the last month, Chris, we've been telling people about our favorite CBD tincture and balm. And I want to know, when's the last time you put the Antara Organics premium quality Zents on your body? <laughs> well, believe it or not, I actually put it on this morning of all things. Um, I don't I haven't even told you about this yet, but I I strained my groin um, lifting heavy which I've, I've done it a handful of times before, but, um, so, you know, typically whenever I've got a muscle strain, I just love to use a CBD ointment on there. Um, and here's the thing, obviously it's a kind of a sensitive spot because of where it is. And I have made the mistake of using um, menthol based products down there before. So hashtag burn my balls. <laughs> yes, dude. If if you know, you know. And let me tell you, I am I am very appreciative for the folks over at Antara for uh, for not putting menthol in this one. Yeah, dude. I oh can, my god. Yes. And I'll tell you, for me, I use the tincture every single morning. I wake up, I brush my teeth two full tinctures in the bottom underneath my tongue. And what I love about it, can I just tell you that like, I guarantee Zens didn't intend for this when they created the product, but it like destroys morning breath. You know what? I didn't even think about that. It like refreshes my mouth completely. Wow. You know, it's funny. I actually put the tincture in just a couple days ago, but I, I ran out. So I need to order some more. If you want to order some more and get 20% off your first purchase of Antara products, please, Please visit the link in our show notes or just go to antaraorganics.com slash discount slash I needed that. I know that's a mouthful. So just get the link in our show notes. I want to mention that our podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. And what I'm loving, as I'm sure you are, is the ongoing conversation surrounding mental wellness. And Chris, when I'm out in front of people talking to them, one of the things I say is there's a lot of different ways to heal. But the one that almost works for everybody is just talking it out with somebody. 100%. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash I needed that again. We're going to throw these in the show notes, but it's betterhelp.com slash I needed that. Uh, you'll also find it in the show links. Now, before we get to the podcast, just one more person we need to tell you about, and that is our go-to caffeine now in NeuroMints and NeuroGum. You know, it's so funny. So I, I've been on this uh, on the gum kick, of course, with cinnamon-flavored gum. I love the cinnamon flavor flavor and you kept talking about those mints so i kept i i told myself well, i'm gonna give these mints a try i really like them in fact i think i might like the mints more than the gum now so you yes! got me dude you got me it's got all kinds of as chris likes to point out incredible ingredients in it and we've got a deal for you right now because they're a sponsor of our podcast you can go to try slash i needed that and you'll get a little bit of a break on your first order so for energy and focus or calm and clarity or just overall health and vitality check out neuro mints and neuro gum wow man listen chris before we even get started today we have hit a huge milestone in the podcast yes you mind sharing with our friends exactly why we're excited this morning well i am thrilled and honored and humbled to announce the fact that we have officially reached 100,000 downloads. Thanks to all of you. Unbelievable. And it's such a great milestone. For us, it just is, it's so meaningful because it means people are enjoying it. And that's the only reason we started this thing. That's what it was about. It well, was we about- wanted to enjoy it too, but we're glad you are. And and, and rest assured, yeah. even when we, we, we wrap every single podcast, we always say, oh man, I needed that. I needed that. <laughs> it's so true. So thank you for coming along on this journey with us. And we're going to keep improving this podcast. We love your feedback. Keep it coming. I'm excited for the next 100,000 downloads. Bloody me too. Yeah, we were just talking on our Facebook Live today about the thought of bringing in more people who have experienced their version of transformation, talking to them about their journey and what what worked, what didn't. Yes. You know, because it's one thing to listen to you or me or any other person who thinks they know a couple things. It's another to just talk to Sally down the street and find out what she did, right? 100%. Yeah. And I I must say, look, so I I have a formal education in exercise science, but I've learned 
so much more just being in the trenches with my people as they've gone through transformation and learning from others who have gone through it without my assistance, mm. just by sharing their stories. This is how you can really map the journey and you see all these common denominators that everybody has experienced along the way. So I'm, I'm beyond thrilled to be, to finally be diving back into transformation and seeing what's worked for people, what hasn't. Cool. Uh, today on our show, we're going to do a deep dive on what? We're talking about being beneficially selfish. Oh, and, oh yeah. yes. I, and and I, I did say the word selfish. I love that word. Are you kidding me? But we're, we're throwing a twist on it. It's beneficially selfish. So yeah, I, re- yeah, I really want to dive into that because it's probably one of the most important things for people to learn as they're embarking upon the journey of their own transformation. Listen to me. You've been led to believe that being selfish is a bad thing. We've put a bet. We've put a really bad connotation on taking care of yourself and we have to fix that. 100%. There's nothing wrong with being selfish. There is everything wrong with being a jerk. Yes. (laughs) And that's not what we're asking anybody to do, right? No, that's not the kind of selfish we're talking about. This is the kind of selfish where everyone's going to appreciate you putting yourself first. That's what it's all about. Okay. Plus we will play name that tune and find out if Chris will be able to guess this song right here. That's all you get. We'll find oh, out a little bit later on where that's going to go and how that's going <laughs> to shake out. Um, we're going to talk a lot about fears on this podcast, but before we get to that, we got a new review in from one of uh, the folks, one of the 100,000 people that has enjoyed the podcast so far. You mind reading it? Yeah. She says, love, love, love your podcast. Three loves. I know that's, that's a lot. That's good. You're both so easy to listen to, informative, uplifting, but real and hit great topics and questions. Thank you for doing what you're doing and please keep doing it by just winning today. I love that. What's that a play on? That was a play on, that was a, a, a deep dive that we did not too long ago, actually. And so, wow, thank you. Clearly she was listening. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Thank you so much. Like, the, what do you think? I, I know you read a lot of these, a lot of these comments. How is it when you actually go through the feed and you, you start to, to pull up some of these, the comments and questions? Completely and affirming. Yeah, that's the that's the overwhelming sense that I get when when we're reading some of these these reviews and stuff. It's just super reaffirming to me. It's like, yes, okay, keep going. Yeah. And even the even the ones where they're giving suggestions or they're upset about something. Sure. They're always they're pointing us in the right direction, though. Would would you agree? Yeah, 100 percent. Yeah. It's almost like they're in it with us and they just want to see this thing super succeed. And so that's pretty awesome. We want to do the same thing. Yeah. So, guys, please, please share your your comments and your thoughts and everything, whether they're good or bad, what we can do better, what you love about it, and help us mold this. Remember, this is this is our podcast, not not just his and mine, but this is our podcast together. You're on this journey with us. So Amen to that. thank you for all the comments. All right. Well, listen, we are going to jump into our uh, conversation with Michelle Poehler today. I'm really excited about this. She's the founder of Hello Fears. Michelle's created a social movement empowering millions to step outside their comfort zone and tap into their full potential. She's inspired some of the world's most influential organizations. And I'm going to ask her, what have you done for Google? What have you done for Facebook? What have you done for Microsoft? You know, because I'm so fascinated about that piece. Yeah, she's, she's worked with all the big ones. She's also the creator of the project 100 Days Without Fear, and her work has been featured on the Today Show, Forbes, BuzzFeed, Telemundo, Glamour, L, and The Rachel Ray Show. Wow, let's yeah. bring this hot rod right into the photo frame. How are you, Michelle? Hi, good, I'm excited. Uh, How are you guys? We are so excited to have you. <laughs> Before we get into our conversation with you today, I want to play for our audience a clip of her TED Talk. Yes. Where she's talking about fears. Everybody have a listen to this. I wasn't scared of needles. I was scared of pain. I wasn't scared of doing karaoke. I was scared of being embarrassed. And I wasn't scared of begging for money in the streets of New York. I was scared of being rejected. That's when I realized I did not have 100 fears. I had seven fears. Wow. Wow. Pain. Danger, disgust, embarrassment, rejection, loneliness, and control. For example, to face my fear of pain, I did all sorts of things. From getting a piercing, getting a Brazilian wax, trying spicy food. (laughs) I did try acupuncture, I jumped off a cliff, and all of those things that reassured me that, indeed, I don't like pain. But hey, I really loved my piercing, and my husband loved the Brazilian. (laughs) 
Good for you, Michelle. I love it. Throw a little comedy up there. Oh, that's awesome. I laughed out loud when I heard that. I did too. I did too. I forgot about that. Mm, not I us. should listen to my TEDx again. You yes. You should listen to your TEDx again. Well, it was brilliant. And by the way, that was your hundredth fear, wasn't it? Yes, speaking on TEDx, that was the hundredth year. Yes, what a beautiful story, and what what a cool journey that that you took yourself through. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. it was pretty scary. Well, Michelle, we wanted to get you on this podcast today because I don't know if you know this, but fear will stop almost everybody in their tracks from doing just about anything. anything. And we we had a Facebook Live before we got to talk to you. We got a few questions from our audience that they, they would like to know. And if you don't mind, Matt, I'd like to start with Absolutely, those questions. Yeah. Um, probably we got two different versions of the same question, but ultimately they want to know how can somebody prioritize their fears? That's a really good question. Okay. And it's a really important one. And I feel the first thing we need to do is to get really extremely honest with ourselves and where do we want to go? Like, what is mm. our definition of success? Because I think the biggest problem that we have as a society is that we have like one definition of success that everybody agreed that's the one. And then, you know, we're just pursuing that. And then we can't find our happiness. And when we get to that place that we thought our happiness was going to be there and we realize, am I happy? And then we realize that's what happened to me. I realized I'm not happy. I'm comfortable. And there's a huge difference mm. between happy and being comfortable. And when you pursue society's definition of success or what your community expects of your, your family or your friends, whoever, then you're going to achieve comfort because it is comfortable to please everybody, you know, but it's so uncomfortable to get really honest with yourself and pursue your own path. Even if you have to disappoint people along the way, people that you care about, that you don't want to disappoint. And so that is the one thing that will help us prioritize our fears. Because once you get really honest, and this is where I want to go, not where I was actually going or I thought I, I wanted to go, then you start facing the fears you need in order to get there. This is wow. going to be such an incredible podcast because every week on our podcast, Michelle, we do a deep dive with this brilliant man right here. And one of the things we're going to talk about today is being beneficially selfish. And so I, I really love what you just said about like, sometimes you're going to have to disappoint people that like you. Right. And that's such a thing for us. That's a good fear for us to get over. It's like, oh, they're mm -hmm. going to, they're going to hate me. Yeah. No, they're not. You're going to empower them to do the same thing you just did. That's, That's probably what's going to happen. So, so I got a question for you. How do you approach those people that are probably closest to you? Is it, is it just a, an honest conversation with them? Once, once you've actually realized, once you've become honest with yourself, you understand where it is that you want to go. What is it you truly want to achieve? How do you talk to the people around you so that you don't stir up the hornet's nest so much that it causes all kinds of chaos in your life and you spend a lot of time cleaning that up? Because that's, mm. that's a reality for a lot of people. For sure. You have to talk from the heart, first of all, because when they see you being vulnerable and they see you that this is what you care about and almost like in tears, like not like fake tears, but the fact that this moves you so much that when you talk about it, your eyes get watery because, you know, you're not just making this up. You're not just trying to move things around or be selfish or anything. It's like you found what you need. Yes. And you are asking them to help you get there, mm. even if that means changing things around and acknowledging how this may affect them too. Like not only making it about yourself, but saying, and I know this may affect you in this, in this, in this way. But after going through all this journey, I realized and, and going through this journey and not finding my own happiness and struggling, you know, and almost, you know, and having to go to therapy and all that, I realized this is what I need. And it would mean the world if you would support me in this way. Mm. So, and I learned something that is really important because I've been learning a lot about having more assertive conversations because it's so crucial when you're like stepping up for yourself, facing your fears and all of that. And one of the biggest lessons that I learned from a friend of mine that teaches specifically how to be more assertive. Maybe you should bring her next time. She's really cool and awesome. And this, what, this what is, is her name? We'll write it down right now. Yeah. So her name is Stephanie Essenfeld. Um, a lot of her content is in Spanish, but speaks perfect English. She started in English, but, um, and she talks about how to be more assertive. 
And she's like the queen of this assertive conversations. And one thing that she taught me that really, um, you know, changed my mind and, and made me realize this is such an important thing to a skill to develop is that when you speak up and you express your needs and you have this assertive conversations with the people you care about, it's because you want to keep them in your life, not push them away. Mm. We think that when we're letting other people know this is going to change, That's I need this, really whatever. powerful, Michelle. Right? It to is. me, that was like mind-blowing because now I can have all these assertive conversations with people I care about, like my parents, my in-laws, even my husband, my kids, my friends, and, and include that comment in there. Say, the reason why I'm telling you this is because I not only want to keep you in my life, but I want us to have the best relationship ever. And in order to, for us to get there, we need to have this clear. The, the irony of that. Oh, I'm so sorry. Go no, ahead. the irony of that. Go ahead. I'll remember the irony of that. And I put myself in that position is that I have a fear of saying no to people because I don't want them to reject me. Right. Mm-hmm. But the mm-hmm. irony of that is that if you can open it up with saying, I want to, I'm trying to keep you in my life. It's the opposite of that is what mm-hmm. truly happens. It's the opposite of the rejection. It's like, it's more, there's a greater acceptance. Am I, am I reading into that wrong? But, but the thing is like, I, I 100% right off the bat, I'm thinking you're, you're telling me about the, how she's great at having an assertive conversation. I'm like, oh man, that's one of my biggest fears. I'm a pleaser. I don't like to I'm scared of saying no, because I don't want to be rejected by those that hundred percent. Right. And I, but I love your advice, Michelle, because it's the same advice I give to Chris all the time. I'm like, dude, just be real. Just tell them what really is on your mind. And that's where you kind of come in and talk about talking from your heart. It's not like you did this. Why did you do this? What's wrong with you? How come you can't fix this? It's like, this makes me so sad that we can't get this together. It's really, really frustrates me that we've tried four times now and we keep having the same result. Like that's just such a different conversation. And I wanted to ask you, what happens in relationship from your vantage point, Michelle, if you've got one person who's all good with the assertive conversations, but the other person is like caves, mm-hmm. cowers, does not want to be assertive, did not grow up that way. Maybe they've got inner child wounds from their past where uh, their caregivers and parents like brutally made them feel awful for having their own opinions or wanting to ask a question or express their thoughts and opinions on things. So how would you advise folks in that category where there's somebody who's really good at being assertive and somebody who's not quite there yet? Mm-hmm. Maybe it's about teaching them a little bit like some of the tools on how to be more assertive and also giving them the safe space with you and even encouraging those conversations and saying, I would love it if you could tell me what's bothering you and what things can we change about our relationship? Like just invite, have, and it's scary because you're inviting conversations that will make you uncomfortable. But I think that the most like beautiful relationships come out of, transparency and honesty and otherwise you don't have a real relationship if it's based on whatever the other person wants to hear you know and what I feel is that when we're not being assertive and we're not asking for the things that we need because we don't want to bother the other person that relationship relationship is slowly dying on the inside Uh, that's why we need to have those conversations to keep the relationships. I can wow. already tell you my takeaway from this conversation is going to be that you're not doing this to push people away. You're doing this to bring them closer 100%. together. Mm-hmm. That's going to be my takeaway for the whole thing. We mentioned up front that you've empowered millions to step outside their comfort zone and face their fears. And you've worked with organizations like Google, Facebook, Microsoft. These are these are big frigging companies, Michelle. First up, congratulations. Yeah. Secondly, <laughs> what kinds of things are you doing for Google or, or Facebook or Microsoft? Like, how are you helping these monster companies face fears? So I am talking to the individual. I don't care if the audience is full of like, you know, C-level executives or interns. I'm talking to the person that is behind that role. And I encourage that person to approach their fears or what makes them uncomfortable in a different way. Because we're more used to like ignoring our fears and choosing the the comfortable route. And, And I make this very clear, like there's a, there's in life there are always two two paths that you can choose growth or comfort Mm. that's it every single decision we make is either a growth decision or a comfort based one and so you start seeing life that way and my idea throughout my entire speech is to get them to choose 
growth despite the fear that it may bring. And what happens, what's really interesting is that when I start speaking, actually I start dancing. That's the first thing. So I'm not that afraid of movement. <laughs> the first That's thing awesome. I do when they call me on stage, I put reggaeton and I start dancing like crazy because, you know, I come from Venezuela and it's my Latin, yes. <laughs> I don't know, like yeah, 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 good. And so, and I get them really uncomfortable. That's the first thing I do. I get them uncomfortable because I'm like, come on, everybody dance with me. And nobody does like everybody stays in their seat and then I'm like thank you for not dancing that was the idea you just experienced the comfort zone and I'm like raise your hand if you thought that was oh, really uncomfortable and you were thinking why is she dancing and please someone dance with her because it's so uncomfortable to see one person dance and nobody joining her but you're not going to be the one to do that and so they're so uncomfortable and then I break the ice like that and then they're like oh okay they can relax That's and brilliant. I teach them throughout this journey in one hour how to experience their their comfort zone and then how to want to get out of it and the interesting thing is that when I start speaking they start seeing me they're hearing me and suddenly I see how their eyes move somewhere else and they start seeing themselves on stage Mm -hmm. they start seeing their most accomplished self their bravest self because the reality is that I am just like them I'm like you know I, I I'm not like this I don't know Harvard, PhD, whatever, or superhero, whatever. I'm just like a normal person. I was in advertising. I decided to face my fears. That changed my life. Suddenly I'm on stage speaking to thousands of people at all these like amazing companies. And they, they say, wow, she just did that because she faced her fears and she's now here. Like I can do that too. And suddenly they start thinking, what if, what if I, and, and the, the thing I teach them to think about is what if things go right? Yeah, girl, Ooh, come on. Yep. I, I love, love it. Yeah. So <laughs> much. Too. What if it all works? Yeah. Now what are you going to do? Yeah. Well, then- the little like um, caveat <laughs> is that they may end up uh, quitting their jobs, but you know, <laughs> no, listen, <laughs> they get I, so empowered. I, They're I, like, I, I say, be. hold on. I want to <laughs> say to Michelle right now that I do burnout clinics at companies and I get that question all the time. Like, what if my, what if my employees want to quit? And my rebuttal to that is always, don't you want to know right now? Don't you really want to know right now who's in this to win this and who's not? Yeah. Like, let's decide right now who's got skin in the game and who doesn't. That's going to save you a lot of pain and agony down the road. So, you know, that's yeah. my that's my answer to it. And at the end of the day, some people really want the corporate life and they stay there. And they then they thank me like, Michelle, thanks to your presentation. I was able to confront my boss. And now I'm having this amazing team that I do love or whatever. Like, they always come to me telling me what like what they were inspired to face and how that changed their life inside their corporation. So, Mm. and then, you know, when you have people empowered people working for you and your team, you know, that's what makes your company stand out, break the mold, you know, because they bring all the creative ideas. They're not afraid to speak up. They're not afraid to think bold and all these things that, you know, at the end of the day, that's what makes difference in a, in a company. Wow. That's amazing. So I got a question for you. Um, I've spent a lot of my life helping people through the journey of transformation. And something I've seen time and again is that I'll be working with someone and all, they're getting incredible results. They might be 50, Take me for an example now. of my bicep muscle. <laughs> like right now, just out of control, Michelle. Right. Right? Like this guy is killing it. I've been working with him for 15 years and that <laughs> bicep hasn't changed. <laughs> I'm messing with him, buddy. <laughs> so, but this is, this is a reality for a lot of the folks I'm working with as they're going through their, their a health transformation and they might be 50 pounds down or something and all of a sudden they, things start slowing down. They find themselves, we find themselves sabotaging themselves mm-hmm. and we start to, under, we start to uncover a fear of success of actually achieving their, their goal that they set out for. What have you, what have you found in that space of this fear of actually achieving it? And because a lot of times they're starting to transform, they're like, and they, there's this awakening of, Oh my gosh, this is a reality. Like I'm doing it. Yeah. And then, Oh my gosh. And then they just completely cave. What are some things that you can speak to that? Because this is a very real thing for a lot of people that are listening right now. You might be getting results, but maybe we always hit that magic number and then you start sabotaging yourself. Why? What is it you're really scared of? And if you're scared of your success, how can they make it through that? Maybe they're missing purpose. Because when you add purpose to this goal, and it's not only about you, then maybe you're doing it for a bigger reason. And that is what 
helps you keep going. Cause I can relate to that in the matter of like, I was facing my fears and people were getting very inspired. I was no one when I started my 100 day project and I started, you know, facing my fears. Like I didn't have any followers or anything, just friends and family. And I started go- doing things that were outside of my comfort zone, recording myself, putting these things on YouTube and people started following along the way until one day it, it, it this went viral all over the world. And, you know, it was in the news all over, like it was day 40. So I still had like 60 more fears to face. Maybe wow. if I didn't have the motivation to keep, to inspire other people, maybe I would have dropped it halfway there. Who knows? <clears throat> yeah. It was like the thought that, wow, other people are getting inspired by me. That pushes me to keep going. And when the project ended at day 100, I was like, I cannot just go back to my job. I need to continue inspiring people. So I think that if they can connect to the fact that what they're doing is inspiring for others, even if it's just one other person, that's worth it to keep pushing because people around you are looking and they're rooting for you. And when when you hurt yourself, they feel hurt too because they Mm. wanted to see you happy. So maybe it's just switching that perspective. I can't I, tell I, you how much I love that. I do too, because now it takes it out of the individual and becomes almost like it's service. And so it's, it's this, it, 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 it makes it bigger than the individual. And the moment you bring other people into it and realize that you're actually, you're, you're bringing light and love and joy into these other people's lives and you're inspiring them. Then uh, for me, I get that. I 100% get that. And I also, you know, it's interesting. It's really interesting because sometimes that's part of the conversation that gets them through that, that mental block, that barrier is you are becoming an, you're an example for your husband and for your kids or for your social circle. And, and the moment you take it out of the individual and you kind of place it into others and they see that they see their service in their transformation, it changes, it changes a lot. And well, you're right. And, and I'm big into teamwork, right? And so I talk a, a lot about teams. And one of the things I do is define teams. Like who is your team? Your team's your family or your friends or your coworkers, but your, your team is also the people on the outside looking in. And we don't often think about that, but there are people watching. Yeah. And, and not that you have to do it to please them, but boy, what if you could motivate them? Mm. That's kind of mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and you can use, you can use that when you don't have that, when you don't find that intrinsic motivation, it's like, okay, well, if I can't find it here today, how do I get through this? I'll do it for them. And sometimes that's what you need to pull yourself through. Wow. Michelle mm-hmm. yeah, Poehler is our guest today on the, I needed that podcast. And we're talking about fears today because it's uh, like we said up front, it's one of those things that, uh, you know, stops people in their tracks. One of the things that got my attention in your Ted talk was that you said, I thought I had a hundred fears. Turns out I had seven. I would like us to drill down on that just a little bit more because, and we can use the pain example for the, because that's what we heard up front, or we can use a different example if you'd like, but how would you explain that to folks that you're, you know, you're really not afraid of this. You're actually afraid of this. And that's, what's mm-hmm. got you afraid of all these things. It's interesting. I was facing all these different fears and some of them felt like a deja vu. Like I'm doing the same thing I was doing three days ago. What's happening? Like I'm experiencing exactly the same feeling. Like, like I say, I was saying when I went to get a piercing and then maybe seven days later, I was going to uh, donate blood. I'm like, I'm experiencing the exactly same feeling that I was doing when I was getting a piercing or getting the Brazilian wax. And then um, along the way, I, what I did is I started putting all the different fears that I was facing in post-its, different post-its. And suddenly I started to group them and say, this one and this one felt similar. This and this felt similar. And I ended up with seven groups in total. And then I was like, what is the one word that brings all of this together? That was like a huge challenge, but it was like such an interesting exercise to do. And I ended up with seven core fears. And I realized, oh, all this fears I thought I had, it's just ways to face that one core fear, like pain, for example. There are so many ways to face pain. It's not that I'm afraid of needles. I'm afraid of pain in the same way that I was doing like singing karaoke or, you know, all these things related to embarrassment, like dancing in the middle of Times Square, like no one's watching or uh, walking in my bikini around (laughs) New York City, Um, even posing nude in front of an art class. I was facing embarrassment, right? The fear of being seen and people judging you. And so, Mm. and, and, I, I still, it's been years since, like eight years since I came up with that conclusion. I was like, oh, 
I, I, I still can't think of one thing that I'm missing. Like I, you know, I deeply believe we have all those seven fears. And the interesting thing is that we may have all those different seven fears, but we have them in different ways. Like the way that I am afraid of pain is so different in the way that you are afraid of pain. So what I ask people to do in my book is to rate them. What's the one from the seven fears that you are afraid the most and the one you're afraid the least? Because if I compare my list to my husband's list, it's like the opposite. And mm. it's really interesting. And, you know, he could think like, oh, Michelle is so fearful. Not that I'm fearful. I'm fearful in the things that you are not afraid. Okay. And you are fearful in the things that I am not afraid. And that's very different. Could you, right. do you, do you have them handy? The seven fears that you talk about a, a lot. I want, I want you to list them off if you don't mind, because I think it would be helpful for us to talk about this. Yes. So mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. hit me, hit me, Michelle. What are the seven okay. fears? Okay. I don't have them in, my, in front of me, but it's like pain, embarrassment, rejection, loneliness, control, danger, and Hmm. Pain, embarrassment, control, danger. And, uh, yep, rejection. 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 Mm-hmm. Missing one. I said embarrassment, right? And rejection. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's, it's funny. I, I took notes as I was watching your TED Talk. And, Denial. Uh, Denial? N- uh, yeah. No, those are going to be the stages in the process, which I, we definitely want to talk about also. Okay, okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, well, then let's just take this handful of lists yeah. that, we, that we have here. Pain, embarrassment, control, anger, rejection. Chris Powell. Wait, loneliness. 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 Oh, yeah. That's oh, yeah. One. Loneliness. That's one of my top ones. All right. So, Chris Powell, you can't read my handwriting, yeah. but you look at these, you look at these six right here, these six. Which of these do you fear the most? Rejection and, lone, and loneliness. Really? Yeah. There's no doubt about it. And then, you know, embarrassment, not so much because I, <laughs> I can be silly. But um, yeah, it's rejection, not so much uncontrolled. Danger, so so. Pain, not so much. Yeah, loneliness. How about you? I think I, I, I'm I'm looking at that word danger because of the last five letters in the word danger, which is anger. Uh, mm. And it feels a little bit to me like danger. <laughs> yeah, but uh, no, I, I definitely have um, a little bit of that. I think for me, it could be the control piece, mm. which I'm really, really getting aware of mm. and trying to plug into. Um and, 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 uh, yeah, I think control is the one that jumps off the list to me the most rejection probably jumps off the list to me as, as well as danger. What are they for you? So for me, loneliness, pain, and control are like the top ones. So I can face embarrassment easily. That's why not easily. Some things are, of course, are scary, but I don't mind being vulnerable on social media. I don't mind messing up on social media. I don't mind. Well, I'm very like compassionate with myself in those, in that area. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's embarrassing. Whatever. I laugh about myself. That's it. Rejection too. I can face rejection easily, but like those, like, I run away from pain. Like I, I, I was, I, I delayed uh, getting pregnant for so many years because I was like, I don't want to face giving birth <laughs> and all of that. Okay. So. <laughs> Interesting. So, do you find that these are these seven fears um, are just the basic kind of kind of common denominators among all humans? I mean, I, I, I certainly see it. Is it? Po- I mean, are, are there any others? Or, I mean, it sounds like you, you've spent quite a bit of time narrowing this down. Mm-hmm. And have yeah. any other fears popped up or there, you can always kind of yeah. categorize, you can always categorize them into these seven, yeah. can't you? I've thought about it so much because yeah. I'm like, I can't believe like I actually came up with this seven fears and I can't think of anything else. But people throw fears at me like, what about disappointing people? I'm like, rejection. It's right. there. Sure. Like, yeah. And and it's interesting because the same fear or, or way of facing a fear can be different for two people. For example, uh, disappointing people. You can avoid that because you don't want to feel rejected or you can avoid that because you don't want to feel um, embarrassed, for example, like different, there, there different things that you care about. Mm, interesting. So, okay. Again, I yeah, get as, into the heart as, of your well, list. As, as we're going through this whole conversation though, I'm, I'm literally taking my fears and I'm putting them into boxes. Right. I'm scared of spiders. So believe it or not, actually, I'm realizing the danger is a little bit higher on my list than I thought it was. <laughs> as, we're, as we're going through these yeah, things, yeah, yeah. I'm scared of heights. All of a sudden, like, so danger. Two, two very physical things. Those are danger. I'm scared of saying no. I'm scared of rejection, right? Okay. I'm scared of, you know, and if, as far as loneliness goes, you know, I've been through some crazy, crazy times in the last few years. And, and sure enough, it's when the, when the house is quiet, 
my, my mind is not, you don't like, it. I don't like it. Okay. And yeah. And, and so, um, yeah, it's again, I hate to, it's not about me, but at the same time, no, no, no. I, I, I did hope- this specifically because I think that's how people learn is they learn through others. And so for you articulating your fears is helpful for somebody else to go, Oh yeah, I'm okay. Me, maybe me too. Right. And there's a lot of power in that. And so. I hope everyone listening is, is listening to these different fears also and, and taking all these different things and you can compartmentalize them. You can put them into these boxes and I, I love it. And Michelle, thank you, because it's really helping me understand it a lot more. I'm not just saying that, like, this is really, this is life changing for me right now. How about you? I, I, well, I want to get into your list of questions because they, they kind of take me to where I'd like to move next, which is it's one thing to walk into a room and say, hey, guess what? Everybody's screwed. Uh, it's another <laughs> to walk in and say, everybody's screwed, but let me help you out too. So yeah, I know we're all scared of things. So now what have you learned, Michelle, about the process of facing fears and coming through them? And then hopefully that kind of sets you up to ask the questions that you would like to ask. Yeah, absolutely. So what have I learned from facing my fears? That's a big question. (laughs) It is. So many things. Let's let's talk about the process, though. You talk about discovery, like discovering what it is that you're scared of, which we've kind of just done right now. And then the next thing is there's denial, right? And you talk about the denial that's like, it's kind of ignoring the fear, right? Just kind of like putting it aside and saying, okay, well, let me pause you right there. How does denial show up in people's lives? Well, it's really easy. It's like somebody comes to you, suggests you an idea like, hey, what if we do this? Or what if you do that? And immediately you try to come up with so many excuses, like, you know, reasons, let's say reasons, but, you know, in quotation marks, because they're more like excuses why you shouldn't do that. And most of the people just stay there and they convince themselves, no, I should not do that. I'm not good with this. I don't know. And it's just all this, you know, excuses we tell ourselves and we stay there and we continue with our lives as they are. We try to keep the status quo because we don't want to, you know, get uncomfortable. That's the main thing. That's what the main message I tell people in my conference is the importance of getting uncomfortable to reach your goals. Because I spend my entire life trying to stay comfortable, like in my comfort zone. And I always thought I can definitely accomplish a lot of things in my comfort, in my comfort zone. Right. And I did, I got married to the love of my life. I graduated with really great, you know, everything. Like, um, I got into the uh, advertising agency. I wanted to like the position I needed everything. Like I was checking all the boxes, but I was not happy. I was comfortable. And so that's when I was like, you know what? I, 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 I can achieve things inside my comfort zone, but I'm never going to uh, fulfill my level of ambition. And it depends on your level of ambition. I had a really high one. I was like, I want to change the world and I'm not doing it. So you, you said something in there, excuses. When it comes to denial, people make excuses. And I hope everyone listening right now start, is starting to, to scroll through their Rolodex of excuses as to why you're not doing what deep down inside you know you really do want to achieve. So I, Or I, maybe I you've never that. even considered that you could achieve it, right? Because right. I, I just think mm-hmm. about the stories we tell ourselves based on our prior experiences, and they all yeah. lead us to statements like, oh, I'm not really good in the water. Oh, mm. I'm not really good at the gym. Mm. Oh, I'm not really good at the grocery store. Like these are stories that you tell yourselves based yeah. on your experiences, and yeah. they pad your excuses. Yeah, brilliant. Mm-hmm. 100%. I actually, like speaking about that, I had a friend – this week she she shared on stage because I just had a really big event for my community in Miami and she shared like if I tell you that Michelle helped me achieve my biggest dreams I would be lying because those were never even my dreams because I never even thought I could achieve Mm. those things she not only helped me achieve my dreams but she helped me dream like you know, just open that box that people don't even have, don't feel they have the key. Like, I, I don't want to go there. It's funny because people buy my book. It's called Hello Fears and they don't read it. They tell me I have your book, you know, <laughs> since 2020. And I, I, I'm, I'm not, you know, courageous enough to open it. I love that. Oh, wow. Love that. All right. Let's get back to the process. Determination. Hmm. How does that show up? So determination is when all those excuses fall down for some reason. Maybe somebody loves you that much that they're willing to challenge you until you have no excuse left, you know, because they want to see you grow. They want to see you succeed. That's sort of my husband in my life. He's like, yeah, those all, all those were excuses, Michelle. Now let's keep talking about this topic and I'm changing the subject. I'm like, what if we go to Aruba 
in the winter. And, you know, he's like, no, we're not going there. We're staying in the topic, <laughs> even if it's uncomfortable. And, you know, so that's when like all the, ex- you realize those are just excuses and you're like, you know what? And you find purpose and you, that's what it is. You find purpose. You say, I am going to do this. Let's commit to this. And that's when you start like planning to face yeah. that fear. It's really cool. I see so many of the steps of the journey of transformation right here. Like the, you know, it's funny is that what, what precedes that there's like this, there is what we call a moment of clarity that happens between denial and determination. All of a sudden there's that it clicks. You ran out of excuses. You got nothing. You're at the bottom of the barrel. You're at your low boom moment of clarity. And after that moment of clarity, it's like, now I'm determined whether you found it yourself or whether someone else loved you enough to actually call you out on all your BS. And it was like, look, you can do this. It's time to go. And it's like, okay, determination. And then I love this next step. I love the name of it. WTF am I doing? <laughs> I think a lot of people, everyone's gone through that if, when, when they've done something difficult and challenging. So what the flower am I doing? What, 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 is, what is going on here? Yeah, because you would think that from determination, you go to action. You cannot avoid WTF am I doing stage. You know, it's there. We all have to go through it. And the sad thing is that most people stay there. And that's when they drop, you know, and they say, no, maybe it's not worth it. They convince themselves that what's on the other side is maybe not worth it, you know. And so that's when I ask them, what's the best that can happen if you do it? Because they're thinking, what's the worst that can happen? And that's what people around them ask them, like, come on, but what's the worst that can happen? And then you think of all the worst things that can happen. And then even more, you want to, you know, buck up. But when you ask yourself, wait, what's the best that can happen if I keep going, if I move forward despite my fears, and you think of all the rewards, that's when our brain, you know, gets triggered into taking action. It's the only thing, rewards, that triggers our brain. Yeah. And you bring up three really powerful steps to go from that WTF to action. You talk about a cognitive, behavioral and emotional steps, right? And, and, and you even talk about in your Ted talk, you talk about those steps that you went through to get you through that WF part, the WTF part, because it sounds like that's, that's kind of like that, that linchpin right there where it's like, Hey man, if, if you don't make it through this step, it's going to be tough. Yeah. You're going to backslide right back to where you were. So like, so what, what, is, what, what's something that you tell yourself cognitively to get yourself through that WTF stage and into so the, action? The what's the best that can happen. It's like the best thing you can ask yourself because suddenly you start seeing the, what can go right in the other side of fear and you stop focusing on what can go wrong. When the, that's the problem. When we're about to face a fear, we're about to step into the unknown, all these like negative thoughts and uh, fears start to pop into our head and it b- builds a brick wall. Every brick is a different fear or negative thought telling you, don't do it. Who do you think you are? You're not good enough. Like all these things, right? And you're like, you're right. Maybe I should not do this. Uh, but when you have that in front of you and then you ask yourself, what's the best that can happen? You can see through your fears, focus on the reward. That's the only thing that will actually move you into taking action. And that's what I, I tell myself, like I'm about to go on stage, thousands of people. I'm thinking they're going to hate it. They all look super, super corporate. The client is going to hate this for some reason. Like I'm just thinking all the worst things that can happen. And then I'm like reminding myself, what is the best that can happen? I'm like, what if they love it? What if I, what if they dance with me? What if they laugh out loud? What if they rate me as the best speakers in the, in the event? What if they like all these positive things immediately, I want to go on stage and start dancing. So what I want to articulate right now for folks, because it's become abundantly clear to me is that even the people who have it figured out like Michelle, like Chris, they, they feel these fears. They feel them. They have them, they acknowledge them, but then they use tools to move through them. And so that became, that's really clear to me in this conversation, listening to the two of you talk. It's like, Michelle still freaks out. You still freak out, but you push forward. You push through the fear and you get on the other side of that thing, which is super cool. And I I would think that it would be really beneficial for anybody listening to our podcast today to come up with something that you want to achieve and almost do her exercise. Like, go ahead and just start writing down a list of the best things that could possibly happen if you make this thing a reality for your life. Yes. And then stare at that list like a vision <laughs> yes. board, man. Yes. Right? Yes. Okay. There, 
Everything good can come from this exercise, by the way. Or like it can't hurt right. by right. any stretch of the imagination. You know, mm-hmm. and then and then to 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 transition into the next step. So I love it. So it's like boom. These are all the best case scenarios. This is the, the probable outcome when this happens. This is probably what's going to happen. Then you say boom. Behavioral. Give yourself a countdown. Right. I, I give myself a countdown every morning as well. I, I a lot of my people have. So it, so it sounds like you do the exact same thing. I challenge myself. Because I'm in that situation where, for example, you're in a room full of people, you want to suggest an idea, but you you want to protect your ego too. So you don't want to get ignored or rejected. So you're like, ah, I, I won't just suggest the idea. I let other people talk. And, you know, you convince yourself it's not a good idea to raise your hand. And then I challenge myself, Michelle, do it as a challenge. Like go face your fear right now. Three, two, one. And I'm like, okay, I raise my hand and then I can't take it back. And Seriously, what's the best that can happen if you drop an idea that maybe everybody loves it? Maybe that triggers another good idea, yeah. you know? And and if they ignore you, then you have to come up with a better one. Like yes. the worst is not the end, you know, but the best can change your life. This is like 100%. the Brene Brown five second ruler. Is that Brene Brown or is that Mel, somebody else? Mel Robbins. Mel Robbins. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Mel Robbins. Five second rule. It's kind of like five, four, three, two. We're doing this. And he actually talks about it. He was talking about it to me this morning, Michelle, because he just got one of these cold plunges in his garage. And he was talking about, because I have a fear of that friggin' cold water too. Me too. And so what do you have to do? Every, every morning, I will, like, I will walk in, like through the door with, like with purpose already committed. So as, as I'm going to the cold plunge moving from my room and I I just woke up, the last thing I want to do is get cold or, or I'm coming from a little bit of cardio, regardless, the last thing I want to do is get cold, really, really, really (laughs) cold. And so I always tell myself, it's so funny as you're talking about these things, cause I'm like, okay, you're doing them. That's why I'm bringing it up. I'm going to reduce my inflammation. I'm going to boost my immune system. This is gonna be a natural cup of coffee for myself. The moment I hit that door, though, I cannot stop the motion. So I hit the door, and as, as I pass through the door, I've got a controller, and it's got a countdown clock on the wall. And I pass through the door, and I hit the controller, and it gives me a 10-second countdown. And I have to be in that water, because if I go through the door and I don't hit start, <laughs> I will stand out there for 30 minutes staring at the water, and I won't go in. And so I literally just, you can't think about it. You just have to go, and that's what the countdown it works it so works. well. Yes. <laughs> yes. And you can apply that to anything in your life. Like if you want to ask for a raise, mm. you know, like just go in and, and do it. Of course you have to prepare and everything else, but yeah, that is key. That's so awesome. I, I absolutely love this I conversation. I just adore you, Michelle. Yeah. I am so happy you came on our podcast <laughs> oh, today. I freaking too. love the words coming out of your mouth. And everything, yes. <laughs> everything she's giving us. And, and not, not just us, but everyone listening, it's right. step by step. It's tr- like real action items that you can, uh, you can apply this to your life now, which I, this is, it's something that's so important to us. Cause it's like, sometimes you get on here and you know, people might share, Oh, this is important. And, and they, they talk about concepts, but we need, we need action, you know? And I, mm-hmm. I love what you're giving to us right now. This is the benefit of you not being that thing you talked about a while ago, which is not being that Harvard grad with all this for, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you learned this stuff the hard way. You went through it, yeah. you faced mm-hmm. it. And that allows you to talk about it in a different way. That's so much more meaningful. If you ask me hundred percent, hundred percent. Thank you. I, I think there's a huge difference between also being like a thought leader or an action leader and for me, that's like so important to be that action leader. It's not just talking, but it's like actually being that person on my day to day and showing it, like having the courage on social media to show my struggles, to show my vulnerability every single time. Even my rejections, like I told you, I did a huge event on Saturday. I got one person asking for a refund. I did a full email letting everybody else know I got a person asking for a refund and what I learned through that experience and how I feel and how, even though people are not satisfied, like some people may not be satisfied, I'm still here and I'm still going to show up. And it's just sharing all of it, not only the success and the accomplishments, but also the rejections and the embarrassments and all of it. That's brilliant, actually. Anything left for, we're going to play name that tune. I got two things left. Well, we're, we're no, talking about action I'm not, items. I'm not rushing you. So right after the, that WTF stage, it takes you right into action, into like action of conquering that fear, which is like, that, that's the beautiful part, right? That's, that's, the cele- that's the true celebration, if you will, that you've actually got your body into action, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
I love that. Exactly. And then after that is, of course, the final stage, which is the fun one, the celebratory stage. <laughs> so why is it important to celebrate? Because I, I want to ask people listening here, can you remember a time when you felt really proud of yourself? Because I don't feel I've ever experienced that, being proud of myself, until I started facing my fears. Yes, I graduated from college. Yes, I got all this, you know, um, whatever, all the accomplishments. I got married, all of that. That didn't make me proud. It was when I started facing my little fears that that got me to facing medium fears and then that bigger fears. That's when I started experiencing feeling proud of myself. You know, when I got a rejection from TEDx, And I decided to go back and, you know, write a a different email and believe so much in myself that I cannot accept a no here as an answer. And then I got a yes. And the difference of getting a yes with the first try and getting a yes after you tried again, after getting rejected, that's pride. That's when you feel really proud of yourself because you believed in yourself, even when some people didn't. And, you know, so that's what you get when you face your fears. You experience being proud of yourself. And sometimes some people die without even experiencing that. Hundred percent. Wow. That's amazing. What a gift you've been to our podcast. You, You just buttoned it up so beautifully. That was awesome. Amen to that. Michelle Poehler, she is the founder of Hello Fears. You can follow her at Hello Fears on the gram. Uh, Ours is I Needed That Podcast, if anybody would like to follow that. Um, We love music on this show, and we would love if you would play Name That Tune with us. Are you in? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right, real quick, what's your favorite era? Are you 80s, 90s, 2000s? 2010s. 2000s. 2000s. She's going to crush today then. Yes. All right. So uh, do you have yours ready or would you like me to go first? I got mine ready. All right. So you're going to get get the opening couple of uh, seconds of the song. That's it. And then we have to name the title and artist. I'm going to lose. I'm no, just you're not. Oh, no, oh, no, you're not. <laughs> I, I have a feeling you're going to get this one. Sounds like Especially. Michelle has a fear of not being good at Name That Tune. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, here we go. Ready, here we go. I'm your buddy. I'm your partner here. Ladies up in here tonight. Yeah. No fighting. Yeah. We got the record. You got yeah. it, don't you? <laughs> I played that song today to my son. So Shakira. Yes. Nothing to be afraid of. She <laughs> she's about to go two for two. Here is your second song right here. As for money and get advice. As for advice. Kidbull. Pitbull? Yes. Like Pitbull. Is that Pitbull is and Christina Pitbull. Aguilera? Feel the moment? Yeah. Yes, it is. <laughs> oh, my God. How fun is she, dude? Amazing. I love it. You just crushed that, Michelle. Well done. Thank you. You made it really easy for me. Thank you so much. That's the goal. That's the goal is to make it real easy for everybody to come on the podcast. Michelle, thank you for your time. Thank you for your smarts. Thank you for doing what you're doing. Thanks for facing your fears. All of it. Thank you for having me. I love this conversation. Can't wait to share it with all my followers as well. Okay, Uh, good. We we would love that. Yeah, absolutely. uh, Closing thoughts? Keep facing those fears. Um, And and again, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. You, You gave... You gave our listeners so many incredible tidbits of information to put into action today and us as well. So thank you, Michelle. You're you're a gem. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. Amazing. That's awesome. All right. That was so, I mean, she covered a lot. The, just the discovery that she, that she has done within herself and then to be able to elicit that and then be able to apply that to all these other people and... Narrow it down to those seven fears. Holy smokes. I love it, man. I took a lot of notes. Like, talk from the heart. Growth versus comfort. It's it's so funny, man, because you guys, well, you guys don't know this, but some of you know this, but I used to, I had a 27-year radio career that I walked away from right in the middle of my contract. And for the very first time, it became crystal clear to me why I made that decision today. And it's because of what she said. I was comfortable. Yeah. I had stopped growing completely and I could never put my finger on it until today. Wow. Isn't that neat? Yeah, that's really cool. I love that's that. That's powerful. 
I yeah. love that. All nice. right. Well, listen, we got a deep dive and then we'll get out of your, your hair and let you guys get back to your day. But um, you're going to dive today on what? We're talking about being beneficially selfish. And I think it's so appropriate because that's where we first went in this conversation with her is we were, she was talking about having those difficult conversations with your family and your friends and loved ones, your, your social circle, your support system. And um, when, when anyone is going through the journey of transformation, it is so easy to be pulled into thinking that you need to put, every, especially your children first, your children or your spouse. And, and this isn't, I, I'm, I'm going to speak from my experience. And I'm going to just say that um, most of the women that I've worked with in transformation, they, they, they suffer from this the most in that they have this parent guilt to take care of their children and their spouse first. And I've been doing this for like for, for a good 20 years. And granted, there's, there's plenty of, of men out there and, and dads who also, who also go through the same and they struggle with this as well. But nevertheless, I definitely see it in these moms and this, it's that deep rooted parent guilt. But here's the thing, and this is, it's just that imperative lesson. And I'm sure many of you have probably heard the whole, the analogy of, you know, the, the FAA rules for oxygen mask on yourself first. Yeah. Rapid decompression in the cabin. Guess. And, and, and why, why do you put the oxygen mask on yourself first? Well, it's because if something happens to you, they're absolutely screwed. And so the thing is, it's like, look, if, if you spend in, in these, in these situations, if you spend so much time taking care of everybody else, and again, I, I've spent 20 years of my life helping people who have put, they, they've become martyrs. And so they spend so much time taking care of everybody else that their health has failed them. And when I say their health, not just their physical health, but their mental health. And so then we have to start this extremely long process of bringing both their physical and mental health you know, back from, from the depths of despair. And, but what will happen also in the process of, of this martyrdom, if you will, is this deep rooted resentment, which again, talk about, talk about deteriorating the mental health side of things. However, it is so it's counterintuitive to think that I need to put myself first. So it's like, wait, wait a second before even feeding them. I, I haven't eaten for six hours. I need to eat first. I need to carve out 15 minutes or five minutes just to breathe for some, you know, just quiet time, or maybe it's 15 minutes just to go on a walk. And the craziest thing though, and again, I'm speaking from experiences, having taken people through this time and again, the moment they actually start making themselves a priority, heads up, there's, there is absolute kickback from the support system that is used to being number one. They do not like it. So please, listen, click, listen carefully. When you, when you begin to employ this and you actually put yourself first, your, your immediate support system is going to push back because they're not used to being number two on the totem pole. However, if you can stay in it and keep yourself as a priority, I promise you, you will start showing up as the best version of you because when you can give yourself and you put yourself first, whether it's moving, breathing, meditation, whatever that might be, and you're actually focusing on your physical and your mental health, you're showing up with more energy, more focus, more and in an improved mood, a sense of accomplishment. And when you're showing up with that, you are showing up as the best you that you could possibly be for everyone around you. And so that what, it, what begins as this initial pushback saying, well, I don't like this. And what about me? And wait, I need this now. And it is going to require you having that difficult conversation with passion that might be bring tears to your eyes saying, I need to do this, not just for me, but you're actually doing it for you too. I'm, I'm doing this because I love you so much. I have to take care of me. I know it sounds kind of interesting, but that's the truth to the situation is that you're putting yourself first so you can be the best version that you can possibly be. So if you truly love your spouse and your children, please hear me out. And, and whether this lands or not, but if you, if you truly care about them and you want the best for them, please take care of yourself. Please put yourself as number one on the totem pole. And I'm not saying that you need to carve out six hours a day for yourself, but most of you aren't even carving out five minutes a day for yourself. If you could just start there, maybe 10, maybe 15, wherever, wherever it is, just do consciously do a little something for yourself where you make yourself a priority 
and slowly grow it from there. I promise you only good can come of it for both yourself and for the people that you love the most. I'll give you my favorite tip. Leave 30 minutes early, get to your destination early and take 15 or 20 minutes just for yourself. Even if it's just sitting in the frigging car, man. That's all you got to do. Just tag yourself in a little bit. Yes, absolutely. Breathe, drink some water. We'll do whatever you need to do, but just a a little bit of self-care goes a long way. Amazing conversation today. And I'm just, uh, I'm going to reiterate a couple of things. Like, are you missing purpose? I love something else she said, where she said, I'm not a thought leader. I'm an action leader. Ah, how many, like, how many of us could put that into our own lives? Yes. Yes. It's one thing to think and now go do something with it. There's there's a big difference between the two. Yeah. I love it. Unbelievable. I needed that, man. I needed that too. That was wonderful. One of my faves. Yep. Uh, all right, guys. Thank you so much for being a part of our I Needed That podcast. A reminder that you'll find us on the gram at the I Needed That podcast handle. Many thanks again for being uh, one of the folks who contributed to the 100,000 downloads. <laughs> wow. Here we go, that man. Received. This is pretty cool. We're off to the races. Let's let's uh, we're, we're going to hit another 100,000 here pretty soon. Let's, let's keep this party going. You bet. And some great things on the way. We're going to get an interview with uh, Chris Henshaw, Alexi Pop. Yes, that Alexi Papas uh, and a whole host of others here this summer on the I Needed That podcast. Chris, I hope you have a great day. Likewise, my friend. See everybody next time.